Hello, listener, and welcome to the 13th episode of What's It Like To? This episode features Jennifer Ide, and I ask her, what's it like to be a Reiki healer? I'll admit, I went into this episode without much knowledge on the subject, but I learned a lot and found it fascinating. I think you will too. We discussed what exactly Reiki healing is and how it's grounded and based in physics, when and why a person should consider Reiki healing, and how getting a cancer diagnosis at a relatively young age influenced Jen to get into this work, and so much more. So, without further ado, here's the 13th episode of What's It Like To? So, Jen Lilamo Eide, what's it like to be an energy healer? Being an energy healer is a beautiful process that feeds my soul as much as those that I work with. Uh, how did you get into this work, and can you tell a little bit about your story? Totally. Um, so I got into energy healing, well, when I was younger, and uh, I'll, I'll say like preteens, teens, I was kind of really interested in like rebelling, I suppose, quote unquote. And, you know, I, I grew up in a Christian household, and so I kind of like looked at paganism and Wicca and stuff, and that brought me into starting to learn how to meditate and light work and stuff. And I kind of got away from that. But uh, in 2008, I was diagnosed with cancer and the chemo drugs that I was uh, being pumped full of had some great nasty side effects. And so I decided to kind of look outside the traditional box for remedies to help me feel better. And that's how I was kind of reintroduced to energy healing and um, just kind of threw myself in. So you had some knowledge about it before uh, going through chemotherapy and all that. Yeah, definitely. It was one of those kind of like rediscovering and coming to this point of like, oh yeah, I definitely know what this is. And know that it worked for me at a different time in my life. So I'll give it another shot. And um, I found it really, uh, really helpful and um, a great source of support during, you know, like a crappy time. <laughs> um, and it worked for me. And I kind of, I'm, I'm somebody who, as soon as I learn one thing, I want to learn 10 other things about it. Um, so it just evolved from there. Cool. So this type of work is just starting to enter the mainstream. People are becoming aware of it, certainly of the, you know, I just feel off today or I'm having a good day. You know, we use terms like good vibrations or good energy or things like that. But I would say the the number of people who are conscious about this type of work and what it is and what it does is still on the, the smaller side. So can you explain a little bit about it, what you do, and the effect that it can have on people? Yeah. Um, so a little bit about it. I mean, just kind of on a large-scale term, energy healing is um, the practice of channeling a the universal energy that's uh, in us, around us, um, with us at every point in time and using it as a source of healing or um, realignment for oneself. Um, 
so you'll hear things like, oh, I've got to, you know, like realign my chakras or like you said, like people have this kind of knowledge, like broad scale knowledge and, and we're starting to kind of dive into it. But it's basically like the awareness that there is a universal energy that's all around us. Um, you know, science has shown that everything is energy. Um, and so it's almost not a manipulation, but that channeling of that same energy that we're all made up of to um, do better, whether that's for yourself or the planet or a client or uh, whatever. But I am what I've termed an intuitive energy healer. And I've called it that because I don't just use one modality. So I used to bill myself just as a Reiki healer and master teacher. But I, you know, as I learned more modalities, um, I've changed that to kind of integrate them because it's not like I'm sitting here switching between modalities and like, oh, well, you know what? You need some light work in addition to your Reiki work. So I'm going to charge you something different or anything like that. It's all kind of one-stop shop for whatever is needed in that moment. Gotcha. What type of things are people coming to you for? And do you consider them patients? Are they clients? What, what would you term someone? I use the term client, um, definitely not a patient. I'm, I grew up in a scientific household, so it's a, like my mom's a, a scientist, my, uh, you know, I've got an engineer, and like it's a very scientifically minded family that I come from, so I'm well aware of the fact that I'm not a doctor. I'm not, you know, I don't have a medical license um, of any kind, so it's very important to also kind of draw that line of like, I don't claim to be a medical professional. And if there's some kind of medical, um, need, uh, I'm, I'm not the best place to maybe come initially, but, um, I like to think of what I do as a supplement to whatever, you know, necessary medical treatment you may be needing or, um, if it's something that, you know what, I've been being treated medically for X, Y, and Z, and I want to maybe see if something else out there might help me in a different way, um, finding that alternative for people. But um, what I do, I, I find most people coming to me, I mean, it ranges from everything from like physical injury to wanting to learn about their soul's purpose on this earth. So, um, you know, no two people are alike. There's no two people coming to me with the exact same kind of problem and quotations, I'll put. But I see a lot of people who do kind of have that just worn down feeling that I think we see a lot in our day-to-day -day lives. And that realizing of maybe we're going through our days not quite in the best energy or in the best alignment with what we want to be. Um, so how can we get back to that like centered and aligned feeling while still maintaining our energy throughout the day? 
Um, so that's kind of the basis of what I see a lot of people for, but it changes. Sure. So you, you said a, a physical ailment. It's just like, I mean, you also said you're not a, like a medical professional. So if someone's bleeding, they shouldn't come to you. No. But <laughs> like if someone maybe has had an injury that's been bothering them their whole lifetime time of thing, or yes. if something is sore, if there's a, a leftover side effect of a an injury? Yeah. Um, one of my uh, very first clients, uh, who's a friend, has a, a repetitive stress injury on his arm from being a musician. So um, I saw him, you know, just a, I've tried physical therapy, I've tried, you know, all of these different things, let's give this a shot. Um, so there's that. I've, I've being a cancer survivor myself, I, I think I do tend to attract others who may be in that same boat. So I do have a few clients who um, are either in treatment or have just finished treatment and are kind of dealing with the stressors on the body that you don't really think about. Like, oh, hey, your cancer's gone, but your body was just pumped full of poison for however long you were receiving treatment for, how do you get back to normal? Hmm. So I would say, you know, don't come to me if you fell out of a tree and broke your arm, but if you need kind of like that extra boost to get you to where you want to be, or if you want to try um, something new from, you know, what maybe like your physical therapist has been giving you, or traditional medication has not been giving you, that's when I would recommend maybe booking a session. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Is it fair to compare what you do to maybe like a chiropractor, where it's sort of an alternative medicine, there's certainly a lot of science uh, grounding that that work, but also uh, it's not necessarily like a traditional Western doctor. Absolutely. Yeah, I would definitely kind of put it in that um, alternative medicine realm. Um, We're even seeing in some hospitals, there are um, nurses on staff who have taken um, healing touch classes. So some hospitals are even starting to delve into bringing energy work into into the hospitals and, and for their patients that are staying there, which I think is really cool. But Again, it's not like I have a medical degree, so it's definitely, um, it is based in science, and it is based in, like, based in spirituality as well, and I think that's gets to be kind of a gray line for a lot of people, because I think there's a lot of thought that they're, they're not mutually exclusive, so I think that's where a lot of confusion can come from with that. Speaking from my own personal experience, you know, uh, and living in Los Angeles, it's very popular, this type of work, but my my own, without knowing too much about it, my thought is, okay, I think I have to be of a certain, either a certain lifestyle or a certain mindset to appreciate this type of work, either focused on sort of that... New agey. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good term for it. Um, you know, and, you know, I'm very, like, you grew up in a very science, 
you know, uh, upbringing, like, you know, these are the facts and this is the, the, you know, this is the results when you take this thing, you know, and if you're not doing that, then this is going to persist. And so, you know, it's not like wishing it away or send, you know, it's, you know, and certainly you, you can send someone, you know, Hey, I'm thinking of you and, and sending good thoughts, but that's, you know, in reality, you know, that's not going to do anything. So right. it's interesting that, that this is based in science and, um, and yeah. that you see, uh, changes in people. Yeah. Well, and I think there's something to the fact of like being that like scientific upbringing, like seeing changes and being like, Oh, how cool. Like getting really excited. You know what I mean? Like it feeds the ego a little bit, but not in like a negative way, but in a, in a positive, like, oh yeah, I am making a difference. And I think that's something that's really cool to see. Yeah. But I mean, energy healing is based in, you know, it's, it's based in quantum physics. If you want to get like down to the nitty gritty, you know, you, we can start talking about, string theory and perceived realities but uh it at the end of the day it's that we are all made of energy we are all we exist in a reality that is made of energy that we are perceiving because we see it and who's to say that we can't have an effect on the energy around us so it's kind of that seeing what those effects can be and making changes for good in people's lives. So you, when you're talking about energy, you're talking about on like an atomic or even subatomic level. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. Which is really cool. It kind of, it's one of those like, oh man, mind blowing moments when you kind of realize like and step back and like, oh yeah, we're all holographic beings because there is no time and space. That's fine. To know that you can have um, an impact on somebody by doing this and integrating that scientific and spiritual kind of aspect to it is really neat. I have had people who are non-believers come and I've seen, you know, come to me as clients and I've seen some of them never return and some are now regular clients where and I say non-believer kind of in that like I'm not a yoga practicing you know like I don't sit here and try and like meditate on my intention for the day not in that LA lifestyle like you kind of mentioned so earlier you talked about chakras and you mentioned Reiki as well mm -hmm. can you talk about those two would you call them medium or a practice or yeah you know and and you know you talked about meditation um, there's a lot of terms or, or things that people participate in, you know, are they all related in some way or just how can you distinguish them? Yeah. Um, I like to refer to them as modalities. Okay. Um, I feel like that's just a term that either like my teachers used a lot, um, or it may be more pervasive kind of on the whole of the energy healing community, but yeah, they are all related. I kind of like to think of it as we're all using different tools to achieve the same end results. So um, someone who's doing crystal healing, someone who's doing angel healing work, somebody who's doing intuitive channeling, like we're all trying to achieve the same means. It's just a matter of how we're 
doing it, if you will. So it's, and it's a channeling of the exact same energy, you know, we're working with the same stuff. It's just what medium are we working in? Gotcha. So can you, you know, explain like, like, well, if you were going to give like a, a, you know, a short explanation to someone on what Reiki is, what would that be? Yeah. So it is a um, channeling of universal energy. So opening myself, my body up, basically, as a, um, a vessel through which I can channel universal energy and direct it specifically at someone. So um, traditionally, it's taught as a self-healing technique. But the further you learn it, um, like the more levels of courses you take, the more you learn about how to use it with others and um, objects and the world and the planet, you know. So it's that ability of channeling this pure universal energy into one's body to replace, you know, any stuck energy or to... Um, that replaces the best kind of, like, simple term to use, I guess. But, you know, like, transmute, transform this gross energy that may exist in one's body because of a physical ailment or, you know, constantly absorbing the negative feelings from the people that you're around or whatever and bringing it back to its whole, like, its true nature. And what about... so? Uh, the other two you mentioned that I actually know nothing about are crystal and then angel. Yeah. So crystal work is really cool. I have been getting more into it. I'm, I, It's not something that I do on a regular basis with clients or anything, more so with um, me and, like, my house and just because I'm still in that kind of learning realm. But it's the... Um, it's the idea that, you know, these crystalline structures hold a certain energetic frequency, a certain vibration, if you will. And it's basically holding that universal energy, placing it on oneself or in a specific place of your home can provide that healing or protection or whatever you're kind of looking for from that frequency by the crystal channeling that energy to you or to what it's affecting. So there's stuff like, you know, putting certain crystals in the corners of your house for protection. And uh, I tend to carry some crystals on me just throughout daily life for kind of staying grounded and staying kind of in my energy and not not absorbing others like shielding purposes but even people just kind of like rose quartz healing uh love energy pink you know it's it's one of those like there's a lot of different ideas around crystal healing but at the end of the day again it's just a different kind of vessel through which that energy is being supplied And then angel healing is something that I have some exposure to as well, but it's not as much as I would like. But it is calling upon um, basically spirit guides, or people refer to them as angels, and that's where it comes from, 
these light beings in your life that travel around with you and kind of protect you and are there for you and calling upon them to assist you with healing through channeling that energy as well. So it, that one kind of gets to be a little like, ooh, that's a little woo-woo, a little further out there than my already out there-ness. But I, I've, I know a couple people who are really deep in it and it just have amazing stories to tell. So something to look into more. But mm. um, yeah, it's, there are so, so, so many different modalities out there that I think the most important thing is trying to find what resonates best with you um, as an individual. Because everybody has different needs, and, you know, what might be right for somebody is not going to be right for the other. So somebody who finds a lot of healing and support with Reiki may not find it in something else. So you're diagnosed with cancer, and you're going through treatment for that. Can you talk about that experience and what made you go, oh, I know about energy healing or, or this is something that I know is going to help with the symptoms I'm facing? Yeah, I, um, like I'll preface and say, you know, I, the kind of cancer that I had, my treatment uh, in comparison to a lot of others was very minimal, very um, non-invasive. I went through one full round of chemo that lasted about six months and then um, a couple of weeks, you know, uh, here and there. But otherwise, it, it cleared up pretty, pretty easily for me, I guess, if you will, if you want to say that. But with chemo, you do get all these kind of other side effects that, you know, I think our mainstream culture knows like, oh, hair loss, you know. Oh, nausea, like, that's kind of something that some people know about, some don't. But in addition to chemotherapy drugs, a lot of times people will be put on steroids to help uh, intensify the effects of those chemo drugs. So I found myself having some pretty wicked insomnia. Um, I gained about 60 pounds during chemo, in part because of the steroids, and... In general, it was just, I, I felt, I felt lower. And that's the best way to kind of describe it for myself. And not in like a, like, oh, I feel down. Like, oh, I feel depressed. Like, well, yeah, this is a stressful time. Like, sure, you're going to feel kind of not great. But on just on a soul level, like, I know how I feel as a person, and I didn't feel right. And, of course, you know, the further along that you get in chemo, like, the worse your fatigue and the worse your kind of malaise gets. You're just, you feel gross physically, but I think it was kind of a combination of the, you know, the stress, the physical side effects, and just the emotional side effects. I felt like I was not not right for how I normally feel like I am. So I was actually having a conversation um, with a friend of mine about this, and she recommended um, 
that I talked to this specialist that she knew, and she was kind of like towing around saying what this specialist did, and it actually turned out that she did um, like spirit guide work and worked to kind of open herself up as a like a channel for communication between spirit guides, but also for that healing process to kind of start. And I remember having this session with her and when people release emotionally or release some kind of energy, a lot of times the practitioner, whomever's uh, doing the energy healing or the, the person themselves will have a physical response like coughing or burping. And this specialist, this practitioner coughed like constantly throughout the session and and I didn't know this at the time and so I came out of it and and like the secretary the receptionist uh, was like wow you did so much releasing in there like that was awesome and I you know I had this moment of like what are you talking about (laughs) I don't know what's going on and so I you know I was more than willing to try whatever this kind of thing that I got into was not knowing 100% like what I was throwing myself into but once you know it kind of became clear about what we were doing and the effects that came from that session it just made me want to learn more and just really get into it and so I started kind of looking into more of that light work and I had already kind of started to in my quest to find non-chemo cures like I had already been doing some meditation kind of work for myself, just like for stress levels and stuff. So it was really like getting back to those basics and then just diving in as deep as I could in stuff. Just as a side note, like like I didn't know, you know, usually you hear about people losing a ton of weight when they're going through chemo. So I've never heard of somebody gaining that much weight. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, and that is the losing weight usually actually comes from the cancer itself because mm. cells are metastasizing so fast and using up so much energy energy that weight loss is more common side effect of actually the cancer. Mm. So I don't know that I, you know, how many other people out there have had that experience of like, oh man, those steroids. Because it's one of those, like at least for me, my experience was I was nauseous from the chemo drugs and nauseous from the steroids so like when I could eat I did Mm. and I think you know you can go into some unhealthy eating habit kind of conversations with that but it was definitely like a an odd experience I guess I don't know if I've ever asked you know like my oncologist if that was normal or not Mm. but yeah I think part and you know I'm sure part of that was emotions and trying to protect my body physically by putting on more weight just subconsciously I never would have I mean again like you know I guess I've been fortunate I know people I've met people who have had cancer I've never known anybody who is like in the middle of it yeah Um, yeah that's interesting yeah well and like even from then to now which I'm slowly coming to the to terms with the fact that like oh, shit, this has almost been a 10 years since then, you know, practically. Treatments have made leaps and bounds, too. So 
And you're cancer-free now. I'm cancer-free, so I'm technically a survivor. After you hit um, five years without a reoccurrence, you're classified as a survivor, so that's pretty cool. That's great to but, Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Do you contribute the work that you do to the reason that you're still cancer-free? I have never asked myself that. <laughs> um, that's a really good question. I think so, partially because I was not in the best like spot in life when I was diagnosed with cancer, um, and so I think part of it too was that it was a really big turning point for me in not continuing with toxic behaviors or you know, unhealthy situations, not allowing myself to just be content being in those anymore, being able to move myself out and into something that fuels me as a person and, and you know, into a healthier community of support and love and just um, really fantastic energy healers. Like, I think having that turning point definitely contributes to the fact that it hasn't reoccurred. For someone who is just sort of discovering this type of work, this terminology, what kind of advice would you have for them? What are some daily practices that maybe would uh, pique some curiosity or, or sort of uh, dip a toe into this type of energy healing pool? Yeah, um, I think that meditation is one of the best places to start. And I know... I've met so many people who are like, oh, I've tried meditating and it's just not for me. And um, I think one of the cool things is that there are many, um, there are many different guided meditations or um, visual visualizations out there. Um, so, you know, if you just Google like guided meditation, you'll find all of these recordings that can kind of walk you through. And I think I think what a lot of people kind of have in their mind of meditation is just like sit and be still and be quiet and just trying to do that on your own without have ever having like sat and been still and been quiet and just observed your thoughts as they pass you by. That's not something that most people can kind of uh, embrace with ease. So I recommend searching out some guided meditation and from there, kind of getting more into visualization techniques, um, you know, even within guided meditation itself, you can find those. And I think that's a really good, good kind of place to start. But then outside of that, look into what your community has to offer. A lot of, a lot of major cities have um, like spiritual centers or spiritual groups where you can go and just kind of learn, you know, learn about whatever's being held there or um, some, like some practitioners will hold a open house event every so often where it's just kind of like, come in, let's chat for five minutes, I'll give you a discount or whatever. I think doing some research, being curious is really the best place to start, but for daily practices, definitely kind of delve into that meditation realm. What's your goal, personally and professionally, or your vision even, uh, to for this type of work? 
Yeah. This is something that I've been focusing on a lot recently and kind of asking myself this and figuring out where I'm moving from here, if you will. And I think my goal is really to bring as much knowledge to people as I can about this. You know, we talked about how it's not as widely known out there, and it, it, it is kind of one of those, like, woo-woo, you know, ooh, I don't know about that kind of topics. And I think just educating people, but also it, it a lot of what I do, um, a lot of what the spiritual community that I'm involved with does is very heart-based and very much based in love and love for each other as well. And I think that's something that our world needs in abundance right now. So I think really bringing this as a practice, even if it's just for self-healing for people, could have a big, big impact. That's kind of where I'm hoping to move towards professionally and personally and um, yeah, just touch as many lives as I can. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Well, that's it. The 13th episode of What's It Like To? Thank you so much to Jennifer Ide for joining me and, of course, to you, the listener, for checking out the podcast. Be sure to follow What's It Like To? on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram to stay updated on everything related to the podcast. Also, I created an email address, and it's wiltpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to send in questions, comments, opinions, and anything you're feeling. I love hearing from you. And for all future episodes, I'll announce via social media who my guest will be beforehand, and I'll ask you to email me questions. Send in a question, and I'll announce who it's from on the podcast. Again, thank you so much for listening. I hope to be filling up your earbuds again very soon.